Welcome to Decaf, episode, I think, 49. Pretty sure. Mark, I like your mug, Seaside. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you remember, you told me about 38, like six years ago before you worked here or anything, and I ended up going down there, so. Yeah, Mark said, he texted me when I was still living in Alabama and said, where do I go along the panhandle? And I said, spend some time in 38. It's legit. And there you go. Yeah, only had lunch there, but Seaside was one of my favorite places. The problem is if you actually want to stay there, it's like $500 a night. So I couldn't actually afford to stay there, but I could drive through on my way from Panama City to Destin, which is yes. classy places. But So classy. So how's it going, Mark? How you doing? It's been good. Um, so I'm really excited that my favorite, my, my favorite country singer right now is coming out with a new CD on Saturday. Uh, Kip Moore's new CD comes out, and I'm so pumped about it. And it made me think, I, it, I, it reminds me of when I was so excited when Millennium came out by the Backstreet Boys. And I actually got it a week early um, because the guy next to me, like the guy in my neighborhood sold CD, so I got it early. So um, I, I had a question for you. is like, what CD were you, in your whole life, were you most excited to come out? I feel really giddy about this, this Saturday release of Kip Moore's CD. It, it was probably, um, and it did not live up to the hype, but it was NSYNC's pop album. So I first started like getting into CDs when it was um, NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye, the No Strings Attached album, and Backstreet Boys Millennium, and Britney Spears, like the Hit Me Baby One More Time, the Excited Again albums. And then I remember when there, when NSYNC's album that had that dirty pop song on it, the celebrity one, and it was the song like, oh. if I was your boyfriend, I'd treat you good, you know, that, there weren't as many good songs on that one as there were on the No Strings Attached album, but I waited for that album to come out. So, like, I lived and breathed for that record. Isn't that the worst when you, like, are really excited for something that turns out not to be as good as, that's the same thing with the last Phil Vassar album. I was so excited I heard it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Vassar, of course. What's this? But it's the same idea that you get excited for this thing and then it comes out and, of course, Millennium um, was worth all the wait. And yeah. I hope Moore's album is too but yeah I do remember that because I feel like Instinct really No Strings Attached was kind of their last like gigantic album I think they kind of fell off after that a little and bit. I remember Millennium I had the album and I had a poster of the album cover in my room and my diary for that year was a spiral notebook with the Millennium cover on it like that and that's album, the with, like angels and they're walking with like the, the, the they have like background yeah and it, actually you saw this is the end right no, I didn't see that. What was that? Oh, well, there's a great scene with all the Backstreet Boys at the end, and it's basically them in those same outfits. So it's worth oh, watching. I you get watching this in the first hour and a half, it is worth it. Well, we, it's speaking of albums, then we can get to our regular stuff. But um, anyone out there who likes music, and if you've ever heard of Lennon Stella, or even if you haven't, Lennon Stella came out with this album a few weeks ago, and it is the most perfect album. Every song on the album is perfect. And she's just a singer songwriter and she's super young and super talented and Mark, you would hate her. But if you like what genre, this is like hipster stuff, which I don't think our, our people like as much, but it's what like pop music, it's just, it's pop. It's like on the radio. It's an underground pop. Like it's not like a radio hit. Yeah. She's on the radio, dude. Is she, is she in the top 20 billboard? That's I can't I know. Was top 20. I don't and it's, then it's, it's hipster stuff. Okay, well, you're excited about something that I don't know about either, so. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's like a number one album in the country, so, like, it's not, <laughs> it's something other people like. I know you're that you're not. you stressing me out. We haven't even started talking about real stuff yet. Okay, let's okay. go. So, let's talk about the real things before you absolutely stress me out to where I can't take it. Um, so, COVID update, sports are back, baby, or they're Woo! coming back. Yes. So yeah. Alabama gets to go practice. Like the football team gets to go practice on campus. Yep. Roll That's tide. Right. 
The NHL announced their playoffs. The NHL is not doing the rest of the regular season. They're just going to straight to playoffs and add an additional, like, four teams from each conference. So it's a 24-team playoff. What does that mean? Uh, wow, that's wild. It's, I know. It's crazy. It's like, it's like a round-robin type thing, and the top eight teams get buys just because, like, they don't have any more – they don't have the time. Um, the NBA has not officially announced yet, but they're talking about July 22nd. And it's going to be all be in Disney World, probably like five games. It's all it's all going to be in Disney World. So you're five, going. And then the playoffs. Now, I mean, the Jazz lost their best, like one of their best players of the year. So it's not going to be a good playoffs for us. We will make it, but we're going to lose quick. Oh. Um, so yeah, and then uh, NASCAR and the baseball is they have some issues, but like it seems like everything's going to come back. The NFL is probably going to start in time. Like you say, college football. A lot of them are the only issues when you have some of these really really extreme governors. Um, like for example, Michigan. Who knows if they might have. Come football back and the University of Michigan might not be able to play in it so like there's still some statewide stuff but sports are coming back which I think is something that are a much needed boost to like our nation's morale yeah. whether or not you're big sports fans like people are disagreeing on what to do how to do it who have argued about politics with an election coming up it is something that brings us together I think I totally agree I um I, I was just kind of thinking about that the other day my mom and I you know she is a drug rep, so she's in and out of doctor's offices all day. We have talked about corona, so we are blue in the face. And with the um, the golf game that was on the other day, that was just something fun to see on Twitter, to talk about with my mom that isn't in any way related to, like, my love life or coronavirus. Like, it's something that people can fill their time talking about. Um, I was reorganizing my closet, color coding it the other day, and saw my Alabama jersey and thought, I wonder if – I'm going to get to wear this this year. And so it's exciting that, that we get to do that. And it'll be really interesting to see what does happen if some states don't allow it. And like they, I mean, the SEC is basically all their governors have been pretty, a lot more lenient. So they would still, still probably be one. Well, they, and I, and I, you know, agree, I don't know. We've seen these news articles about how Vanderbilt lowered their prediction from like what a thousand to three hundred. Knoxville, where UT is and where UT plays, didn't have anyone hospitalized because of the any cases, and so things are generally speaking looking good. You know, we we use some messaging about coming together to flatten the curve, and now we need to come together to make this as smooth as sailing reopening again and um i think if people you know the the people that i've seen that are really still super hyped up about are the people that sit in their house all day and watch msnbc and there was a tweet last night of um a clip from the msnbc newscast and the anchor was wearing a mask yeah, and there was awesome. a guy videoing it and and the anchor was like look these people aren't even wearing masks and the guy who he pointed at goes your cameraman's not even wearing a mask and so it's very interesting to well, um, TV too and he said yeah. and he's and half your crew's not wearing a mask so it's like msnbc was trying to shame people and they're like they got shamed exactly and that's kind of what we're talking about is it let's get real. Like, let's get real about this. And, and I'm no medical professional. I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know how to do all these things. But as far as I think, we're in this until either herd immunity happens or a vaccine happens. And I think it could be like the flu where you get a new shot every year. I don't know if this thing's going to mutate. We don't know what's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is we can't live locked up in our houses forever. That's not how we're meant to live. Yeah, there's three things. I think, first of all, it's getting better. Secondly, still 100,000 lives were lost. That's a lot. I understand that. So we do to honor those people. And like when people are like, oh, it's not a serious, it's better than we thought. You can say that. But also remember that people did lose loved ones. So even though 
it's not uh, it's not as bad as they thought. And of course, maybe the the lockdown was not necessary. People still didn't lose lives. So let's not like joke about it. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. We can of be course. sad and be real at the same time. And, and third, it seems like for the first time, I think since this happened, I think public opinion has really shifted to reopening, saying like, you know what? All the, all we talked about this, all the effects that we don't see: people committing suicide, people losing businesses, um, people not being able to put food on the table. Those are starting to come to fruition. We keep seeing businesses close. So it's like, even though I didn't die from this, which I mean, all, less than whatever 0.2% did, um, I am going to potentially die from this house or I'm going to be poor because of these things. So um, I think we're starting to get to that point where people, no matter what side you're on, we need we think it's time to reopen. We can't say this till we have a vaccine. It's going to bankrupt our country and everyone's going to die. So I think people realize that, but at the same time, let's people, especially in the right, not, not neglect the 100,000 people that did die because they are still important. And we can't just say, oh, okay, it's just whatever, it's just 100,000. I mean, it's still 100,000 lives. So it is important. It it's doesn't a mean- a lot of people. Yes, it doesn't mean the government was right to shut stuff down. I don't even think they were. But we still need to respect these people who have lost loved ones um, because it, that is still a lot of people. And then we need to look at the opportunities going forward. And I hate to make this political on our side right off the bat, but we need to look at things like we've talked about several times about healthcare reforms that can- happen and that we've seen through this pandemic that have worked during pandemic season and could work the rest of the time. And Ron actually, Mark, I'm gonna let you unpack it, but Ron in our office wrote an amazing op-ed on the things that we've seen that we can do going forward that Tennessee would be smart to jump on. And what was really great about Ron's thing is it's really not political. This is something that you really shouldn't have any, I don't think you should have any issues from either side. I mean, certificate of need laws, which we'd love to get rid of completely, mean that hospitals can get as many beds as they want. They can have, they can have as many machines as they want so they can take care of people instead of limiting the number they have because they have to get permission from like this government entity that makes no sense. They should be able to have as many beds, as many ventilators, as many whatever as they want to help more people. Um, and the expansion of telemedicine, I think, is the big one that, again, everyone should be on board with. This idea that in a time like this, um, when people can't go see the doctor, they can, if they have a cough or they have a cold or maybe they have something wrong with them that's not related, they can talk to their, uh, their doctor online. They can have a, a call like this and talk to their doctor and it could save people money. I mean, it's, it's doing a lot of great things. And especially at a time where one of the uh, issues with the lockdown is that people haven't gotten cancer screenings. They haven't, I mean, they've shut down things like that, which are so important to, to overall health. We keep talking about preventative health being important, but then when they shut it down, like that's another one of the unseen effects of this, but all of Ron's suggestions, which we can link in this thing, are included in the comments. They're bipartisan. They're excellent. There's no, um, I don't think anybody from either side is going to argue with it, but it's just making healthcare more inexpensive, more inexpensive and more available for all. I mean, who's going to argue with that? I don't know how you could. And if you did, we would be able to shut you down really easily because it's really common sense stuff. So someone please try to argue with Mark on this because I would love to see those fireworks. I think it's only maybe pharmaceutical companies and maybe some of the big hospital chains. But I mean, outside of that, it's hard to, especially certificate need, it's hard to understand why anybody would be against it. Totally agree. I I completely agree with that. Um, You know who might be against it though? Karen. Okay, if you have not been, if you've been living under a rock, you won't know what we're talking about. If you've been living in the world, you're going to know what we're talking about. Which, to be clear, when you say living under a rock, Ron, our policy director, did not know what a Karen was. Did you know this? Didn't. He had no idea. We we had to talk about it, and Jason had to explain it to him. Sorry, Ron. Because Ron and Jason and Joe and I are in a group text where we send Karen memes to each other. So Mark's probably dealing with his dog right now. 
I, I will, <laughs> I will talk about um, the Karen thing. I'll unpack it really quick. So I have a few dear friends named Karen. And so I don't love, hey Sloan, precious angel. Um, I don't necessarily love the Karen thing, but I'm glad that these type of women now have a name that we can call them by. So what people say when they say Karen is someone who just steals everyone's fun and then complains and is constantly negative. For example, one example of an internet Karen was an old woman who lived in an apartment building and a little girl had drawn sidewalk chalk all over the parking lot, just little drawings of caterpillars and flowers and things like that. And this particular Karen went out and hosed it all down and the little girl's mom pulled out her video camera on her phone and said, what are you doing? And the apartment Karen said, I don't want to look at this all the time. I'm washing it off. And the little girl is standing in the parking lot, bawling her eyes out. I mean, I'm talking a little girl, like a four-year-old, bawling her eyes out because this mean old woman is spraying things down. Sloan, what do you think of that? <laughs> so, so Karen is a, let's explain what it is for people who don't know. Like, it's a name that you give to people. It's like yeah. not, it's a real name, right? Right. It's just a name that you give to people who are negative and fun suckers and just horrible wet blanket people. And the reason for this is because a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but the people who seem to do that seem to always have the name Karen for some reason. And they, so they all have the same haircut. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Bob>. <laughs> and another example of Karen would be like, if you called, say the government or told somebody about a business that was open during the COVID thing saying they're on this, that's another great example. That's of a Karen. That's a Karen. And yes. And, and there was two Karens, I think in a New York city incident with a, a man and a woman. And basically both people were being, just completely unreasonable. Yes, the woman was um, letting her dog off of its leash in an area where dogs should not be off their leashes. And the fem that was what the female Karen did. And the male Karen said, if you don't put your dog on the leash, you're not going to like what happens next. And the female Karen basically said, try me. And then the male Karen pulled dog treats out of his pocket and started throwing them like over into the no leash areas so the dog would chase it. And then he started videoing the woman's angry response. Now, I, I don't think that I'm a Karen. I think that I'm pretty laid back and like, I like having fun and I'm not going to call the police if you're not wearing a mask. But I will say that if someone was trying to lure my dog away from me in Central Park in New York, I would have gone full Karen on that man and probably also gone full 2007 Britney Spears and hit him with an umbrella. Like that is not okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure that, and then she acted like she was all intimidated when she called the cops, but she clearly wasn't. She's was up in his face and acted like she was so scared. I mean, it's just, it's just an example of two people who are just like exactly what we're, so it's like when Karen's collide that's what happens but it is Howerman 5000 can do a reboot of that um but if I, I do think it's worth if you don't know what a Karen is look it up it's just kind of a fun thing to kind of the, the people we all hate in society uh, is kind of what that defines people who are just they always get in people's personal business if you do something even like if you're jaywalking they'll yell at you it's like people like that or call the police and they're just the worst so I'm glad so I think Carolyn kind of bring that up to she could explain to everyone what a Karen was if you don't know. And I apparently have to explain to 30-year-old Ron, too. It's not just older people don't know. Well, and it's sad because I, like, I have very dear friends who are named Karen. Wonderful people. And I hate that they're being Are any of them under 50? Yeah, they're, they're under 50. I have Ooh. under 50 friends and some over 50 friends named Karen. But, like, some are my mom's friends. But some I know from Birmingham. I have a friend in Birmingham named Karen. And I hate that, like, they're being associated with this. But, you know, if a woman is standing in a parking spot and yells at people not to park there, that's parking lot Karen. Classic parking lot Karen. 
that is one of those names too. It's like you you feel like their parents did something wrong if you meet like a twenty five year old named Karen. Same with like like my grandma's name's Bernice. Like if I see a Bernice, she's like thirty. I'm like, oh God, why did your parents do that to you? It's fine for an old woman, but not for like a thirty year old or like Warren. I don't know. There's just some some names that are just clearly old people's names, and it's weird to <laughs> see somebody your age known as that. But there is some. I don't know any Karens my age, but I'm sure there is some. And, you know, people might say that about Marks. Maybe Mark should be the next, the male. A male Karen is a Mark. <laughs> Being very cool and awesome and really big jazz fans. We call them We got to change the subject because that's <laughs> going to make me roll my eyes so far that they'll never be unstuck. Um, so the last thing we want to talk about is a fun topic. Mark has really been going through something personal. Let's take him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually texted me and said, this is just something personal I've been going through. So let's take a moment of silence for the fact that Mark has not had movie theater popcorn in months. Mom. He, he literally texted me and said, on the podcast, can we talk about popcorn? And I did not know what he was talking about. He said, I've been going through something personal. I bought a whole bunch of popcorn and nothing is movie theater popcorn. Mark, let's- Popcorn, and, and I got popcorn like, uh, I got four different flavors of stuff too to try to make it taste like movie theater popcorn. It hasn't done it. I've been very disappointed. I got kettle corn. It's just, there's something magical about movie theater popcorn. And the butter. Oh yeah. And when they layer it perfectly, oh God. I had some issues that were like when I was younger and not that much younger, I used to get so much butter that it would leak through to my pants. Yeah, so I've done that. So I had to put like, yeah, I had to kind of put a little bit less and then put like paper towels under my, under it, under my pants. But Mark, I saw a Pinterest trick where you get a straw from the drink machine and you put and it. And drink out the, the butter, yum. <laughs> you just get underneath it. You put a straw on the butter thing and you stick the straw down deep in the popcorn and push the butter to turn it on. So it disperses the butter evenly toward the bottom of the thing. So it's not just soggy butter popcorn on top and the bottom of it gets buttery. And I saw that during my quarantine Pinteresting because I've done a lot of that and I haven't gotten to use it yet. Well, who knows if we'll ever have a chance to use it. Yeah. Movie, a business, I mean, more than movie theaters, I'm going to miss that popcorn. You can't get that anywhere else. And I even got like this movie theater butter, like fake butter. It was fine, but it's nowhere near. It's like, it's just perfect. It's just the movie theater popcorn is the greatest thing ever invented. And I miss it so much. You know what else I miss about going to the movie theater is the Coke freestyle machines where you oh, push yeah. the touch <laughs> buttons and you can get like, cherry vanilla diet dr pepper and like a bunch of ice oh it's so good i've made too many gross flavors on that though i like i'm like oh what if i put some root beer or some cherry soda and see what happens and like it's usually not good so for the most part i don't do well with those but i get excited and think that i might have come with a new invention and it's never good well i do really well with them because i always go either cherry vanilla diet dr pepper or cherry vanilla diet coke or um cherry limeade or lime lemonade you and it's good go crazy. To, it's good too because the flavors are like they're better. Like if I got like a cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper, it's like the, the vanilla flavor is more um noticeable in those machines. It's like actually vanilla comes out. So I like it better than if you buy like a bottle of something. Well, I don't well, I don't like bottled soft drinks. I like Mark knows this actually. When we go across the street to the little store um by our office, I always get a fountain Dr. Pepper because yeah. fountain drinks are so good. And when you take the first sip before you put the lid on and the bubbles are kind of like up in your nose. Oh, it's just so good. That seems dumb, but I agree with you. So that makes me feel <laughs> I think the same thing for draft beer too. Like a draft yeah. beer cold is so much better than a bottle or a can. And I'm sure there's no evidence to it, but it, it feels better for me. Now that I've had a draft beer in a while either. I don't know the last time that I've been to a bar. But. I know, I know. I actually, okay, so going back to popcorn, 
this is not movie theater popcorn and I'm not claiming that it is, but my friend Lindsay taught me how to make this gourmet style popcorn that honestly, Mark, I think even you would like. So you do the popcorn on the stove. So it's pop, it's not in a bag. So it's popping really good. Like that. And then you melt the butter and you pour butter on top and then you get truffle oil. With Ooh, put, like a little, put a little truffle like oil that. on it. And then I don't know if you have ever had um, nutritional yeast, but it tastes like cheese kind of, and you sprinkle that on top. So it's got like a light cheese flavor and then fresh dill on top of it. And oh, then God. salt and pepper. It was, you ruined it the end, but otherwise okay. good. Well, if you made butter and truffle salt, maybe. Gar okay, so what if we did butter, truffle oil, and garlic salt? Yeah, I'm in for that, for yeah. sure. But you can make really fun popcorn combinations, not in the movie theater, but it's still nothing beats a big old like Dr. Pepper and a large popcorn. And then you leave and you already feel your face breaking out like as you're leaving. Perfect. And one thing too, I talked to Kira about this. You know what else I miss? Those, and I think they still sell them, but they're not as prevalent as they used to be. It's those uh, Christmas popcorn buckets where they have the three flavors. I feel like those used to be a big deal and they're not anymore, but they're okay. excellent. My dad for all the good and bad of my dad, he always supported school fundraisers. And his big thing with school fundraisers was if any school in the county was doing those popcorn buckets, he would buy like 30 of them and just give them to people as gifts. And so like when I had babysitters, he would send a babysitter home with like $20 and a big bucket of popcorn. And we loved those because there was the caramel and the cheese and the butter and you eat the butter by itself and then you mix the caramel and the cheese together. See, I never even, I was done with the butter. I, I would just switch up the caramel and cheese and go back and forth. By the time, like, I don't want this plain garbage. But then, like, there's other types of popcorn, too. Like, there's this really nice popcorn store in Georgia I went to. It's like, they have, like, funfetti popcorn. They have these, and they're expensive, but there's these big things of, like, white chocolate with caramel popcorn. Man, I love popcorn, and I don't eat it nearly as much as I would like to, but, man, it's good. I go to Turnip Truck a lot, and I go in their chip aisle, and, you know, those Boom Chicka Pop bags of popcorn they, they're like really pretty colors okay well but Are they is it healthy ones kind of yeah okay. but they're really good and they have like the caramel and cheddar mixed together they've got white Thank cheddar you. the bags are really pretty it's like a matte finish with like lots of like orange and pink and turquoise they're really pretty bags so i love keeping them in my pantry a for the aesthetic but b because they're somewhat healthy and i can just i can go to freaking town on white cheddar popcorn we should have a popcorn eating contest. That'd be a cool thing. Just 10 minutes of okay. us eating popcorn. Just, just nonstop so you can eat the most. Maybe we could play Chubby Bunny one week. I don't know what that is. Where you stuff a marshmallow in your mouth and you say Chubby Bunny and you keep stuffing marshmallows in your mouth and saying Chubby Bunny until you can't do it anymore. I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. Popcorn <laughs> okay. eating sounds much better. I don't want your weird Chubby Bunny games, but okay. Also, it's kind of funny that we've talked about popcorn longer than we talked about any actual political topics. Well, popcorn is, it's, it's the one that brings us all together as, as, a, as people. It's like everyone likes popcorn. Everyone likes movie theater popcorn. And everyone needs to go back to the movie so we can save the movie theater popcorn. And everyone pray for Mark and his. What if I start a movie theater popcorn food truck? Great idea. Mark I'll, it down. I'll do the marketing and take 20%. I don't know how to make it. I think I need help making it. But okay, I like I'll the... make the popcorn. Okay, that sounds better. <laughs> you buy the truck, I'll make the popcorn. Guys, yeah. this is our million dollar idea. I think everyone- We're uh, announcing our resignation from Beacon immediately for this popcorn truck. I'm sorry. <laughs> At Justin D. Owen. He's going to hate us. We better stop before we get in yes. trouble. Okay, everyone pray for Mark that he deals with this struggle with popcorn. Um, go check out our blogs. We'll link Ron's in the comments. Sloan, wait, bye. Sloan saying bye. bye. See you. <laughs>